Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. You are listening to Inspiring Women, and today we are speaking with Johanna Feet. She is a senior manager and an engagement delivery professional at Salesforce. She is a technology consultant who is a professional that understands business processes and helping her clients achieve their objectives um, at Salesforce with experience from Deloitte, a business degree. And Johanna, I'm delighted to be speaking with you this morning. Thank you so much for having me on, Lori. Well, it has been quite a year, 2021. We tried to connect all last year, but um, this is the first um, time we've had the chance to do it at the beginning of 2022. Johanna, I'd love to start inspiring women with what are you doing right now? What is your day-to-day at your job responsibilities at Salesforce? Absolutely. So you summarize it perfectly. I'm a senior manager of engagement delivery at Salesforce. Now, for anybody who might not know Salesforce, we are a CRM or customer relationship management solution in the cloud. And as an engagement delivery manager, that means that I help my my customers at Salesforce plan for and implement those products that they've purchased from us so that they can really get the value out of their investment. And I specifically focus on products that serve customers in the communications industry. So usually I lead about two customer engagements at one time, and I'm responsible for the team of solution architects and developers that we bring to the table. But at the same time, I'm also a people manager. So right now I have a team of five professionals who report to me and some of them might be supporting the customer engagements that I'm working on. Others may not be, they might be paired with other engagement delivery managers. Um, So my primary role really is to be um, their manager, helping them with their professional growth uh, rather than their day to day. And Johanna, like how long have you been managing people just at, you know, you've been through a couple big companies as well as a startup. So I want to talk a little bit about that, but how long have you been a people manager? Yeah, I actually became a people manager twice. Um, I got to be a people manager at Deloitte just at the tail end of my stint there, my, my six years with Deloitte right before I ended up moving on. Um, And then coming into Velocity, I I made it clear that it was my goal and intention to manage a team again. So I joined a small startup, but um, that startup was focused on industry expertise, which meant that I was really part of not only a smaller team by virtue of it being a startup, but also on the more junior side comparatively. So I didn't really start out with direct reports there, I still got a little bit of that experience by virtue of leading engagements, but it was um, in my second year at what was then Salesforce got acquired that I officially became a people manager again. So I've been a people manager with Salesforce now for going on six months. 
Well, that's great. You know, it being becoming a people manager is a big step on the path to leadership. So that's wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about the cultures of these companies. So you've done um, Deloitte, large company. You're at Salesforce, large company. You um, have done a startup. As a young younger professional, tell us about the differences in the culture. What speaks to you? What what are things that might be either challenges or things that you find exciting, um, depending on the different different types of cultures. Yeah, they do really have a lot of differences. I think a lot of the differences, as you might imagine, they tie back to the size difference between the two. When you're in a consulting environment, you're in a huge and, and well-oiled machine, right? Uh, startup environment, much, much smaller. And so what I found is that in that startup environment, um, you get really a very close-knit group and you can fairly quickly get to the point where you know the team and the key players for any discussion quite well. Um, the other big difference I would say about my experience in consulting versus um, in, in a startup is with consulting, there was a really strong clarity and structure around career paths. So the expectations for succeeding and getting to the next level, what that next level was, was very clearly laid out. Whereas coming into a startup environment, it was less structured in that regard. But in some ways, it also afforded more possibilities to move across the organization based on where needs were and based on where your interests lined up. So those were some of the key differences that I, I picked up on. But, you know, I actually think that there's some commonalities that they share as well. One that comes to mind right away is they're both scrappy. And the number of times in both that I've come into situations that were a little chaotic or um, had to find a quick way to organize and harness that, that chaos or fill a void, um, it's countless on both sides. So the part that I really enjoy and that I think drew me to both is there but there's really that opportunity to just roll up your sleeves and start creating. So the scrappy culture, that strikes me as something that would um, would be something that is a great fit for, I'll, again, I'll just say younger professional like yourself, Johanna. And, and so uh, that exists at Salesforce. You feel that. Is there something else that you look to that's important to you? You know, I was having this conversation with my son, 28 years old, and he was really clear with me. It's like, you know, mom, I don't see myself ever working in a large office with cubicles. Like I can't see it. And that's sort of his view of um, professional tra trajectory where he needs to be. What about for yourself? What's important to you? And I would just say other of your peer group um, in terms of the, what they're looking for out of an employer today. I don't know if I can speak for, for the whole peer group, but just speaking for myself, it's actually really funny. I've, I've not found myself in a situation where I've had my own cubicle. And I think coming, coming from consulting pre-pandemic when we were all traveling, getting, getting an assigned space seemed like such a luxury. So many times we were huddled around maybe slightly too small tables to collaborate with the team that's flown in uh, to help that client or that customer. And then once I made the move into the startup and suddenly then into Salesforce, I've actually been in a remote mode for longer than the start of the pandemic. Some of my uh, customers realized that 
there's ways to be very, very efficient working across technology rather than, you know, spending time in the same room together. And so I actually transitioned to being remote, I think about a year before the pandemic hit and have been ever since. So I've, I've never had that typical pack your bag, pack your lunch and make your way to the office to sit at your cubicle experience. And actually I've sometimes daydreamed about what it might be like <laughs> to be able to walk the halls and know who's in the cubicle next to you. And so hopefully at some point I'll get a chance to experience that. But right now the situation demands flexibility from us, but I, I would expect that as we come back from pandemic life, that it's going to maybe turn on its head and, and we're going to be expecting flexibility from our employers, flexibility to do exactly what we're doing right now, if that's what fits our lifestyle, flexibility to be more collaborative and, and have office spaces to go to and shape what that looks like uh, for certain roles that need heads down time and focus. Maybe a cubicle or even an office is best, but uh, I think there's certain, certain conversations that are best had in open and shared spaces. So I think Hopefully sometime soon we'll get to have that conversation and, and really shape how we best work together. Will you be coming back to a in, in office environment with your team? Are you all in the same geography or is your team um, remote? It's obviously remote now. What are your plans over the next several months? Do you even know yet? It's, it's starting to open up a little bit. So we, we, we do have an office space here in Vancouver where I'm located um, and I can go in and work directly with people there. But as you pointed out, my team might not be here and that's the case. So I've got a few team members who are also Vancouver-based, but the last vast majority of our team is spread across all of Canada and the US. So going into the office doesn't necessarily mean I'll be sitting with the people that I'm working with day in, day out. Uh, and, and as a result, I'm actually designated as a remote employee right now. It entitles me to be able to you know, seek that connection and go into the office for, for meetings uh, as and when I want to, but there won't be an assigned space for me right away. Uh, and there's no expectation for me to go into the office. Okay. So you're, so you're figuring it out and you're figuring it out with, with your employer. How about with your team, Johanna? So as a, as a new people manager past several months, um, how is that going from a one being prepared for that to lead people? Are you ready and how are you doing it in a remote fashion? Does that make it easier or, or is there literally no complication just, um, if it being remote, what's your experience? Yeah. Um, Going to your question of, of was I ready? I thought I was. <laughs> I, I asked for the opportunity. Uh, I advocated for myself and I, I sought out any opportunity that I could to prepare. I did mentoring and new hire onboarding. I even took a training program. I'm really glad that I, I did all those things, but ultimately I, I don't think I was ready. I'm not sure if anything could have truly prepared me um, going into the role I thought about how fortunate I had been that I had a chance to work with a few different managers and to have seen and learned from their styles, um, the styles that I liked and to have also experienced ones that I maybe didn't wanna emulate. But what I didn't realize at the time was that what all those had in common were actually me. I liked that style or for me, or I didn't respond to that other style, but I'm not, 
managing a team of five me's. And I learned quite quickly that as a manager, I need to flex my style to my team members' needs to help them be successful. And I think that's maybe something that's a bit more challenging to do when you're in a remote setting because you don't get that face-to-face -face contact the same way. Sure, you, you, know, you can turn on video, um, but maybe there's a lag or um, the connection's not quite that great. It, it's not as easy to um, read facial cues to see how your style is landing and, and whether you're making that impact that you're hoping to make in, uh, in your team member's life. And so, Johanna, as you do that, again, sort of like as a, as a young professional, who, who encourages you? Who do you look to for advice, whether you're aspiring to be more like them or whether it's a, a, a coach or a mentor or um, somebody who supports you? For, who are those people? How do you know them? Do you seek them out? Do they seek you out? Is your employer supplying them? Love to get some perspective on that. Yeah, I would say it's a combination of all of the above. On my team at the moment, I'm surrounded by some incredibly inspiring women, actually. Um, my leader and her leader are both women. I work with really knowledgeable and successful peers as well. Um, and in the IT world, I would say that's pretty rare. Um, and I, I, I found mentorship in all of these women. I think it's definitely something where at the start of my career, I thought of mentors as synonymous with superiors, right? Um, but I've gotten some of the best career advice from my peers. And I think it comes from the fact that we face similar challenges um, and by nature of working closely together, we also understand how the other person works, what motivates them and drives them. Um, and I think that's key to making really good career decisions. So some of my best advice has come from my peers. That's awesome. And then Johanna, you also said that, you know, you sought the opportunity to take this step into management to become that um, people leader, but you're also a busy person. And I know this just because of, you know, the times that we tried to connect all um, last year. So what were some of the first moments for you that you knew you wanted to be a leader or you had the, had the skills to be a leader? Was there a moment in time? Was there um, some indication or was this something that you've always um, seen or desired for yourself? I think it's something that I've always been kind of working towards and really wanted for myself. I, I am the older sister. So my younger sister suffered through years of playing school where I was her teacher with me. And I think that translates into just how I view the world. I love teaching others and guiding others. And so throughout my school, university, and then in, in my career, I've looked for those opportunities to be able to um, work with younger professionals than myself and um, help them grow. And, and that translates into the kind of those activities that I was mentioning, whether it was just, you know, the ability to sign up to be a mentor for someone or um, going beyond that now. It's always something that's been important to me. I've, I've benefited so much from um, wonderful guides and mentors that have given me advice or steered me through my career so far. Uh, it's, it's just a great feeling to be able to try and give that back to somebody and, and pass it along to the next generation. 
So you've had a vision of this for yourself and you have taken actions and steps to pursue it. Let's, let's talk about this pandemic. So we're um, almost two years into this once in a lifetime, let's hope so, global pandemic. It's changed all of our lives in a whole variety of ways. And there's a lot of discussion these days about whether it's the great resignation or probably more aptly the great reevaluation. So as somebody who probably had um, a vision, a direction that you wanted to go uh, career-wise, how has this time made be changed your thinking or how is it impacting you in terms of how you think about your career trajectory of what you want for yourself professionally, Johanna? I think one of the things that it's pointed out most to me is that especially, you know, in this remote world, we need to make time to be humans together. Those are the, the aspects that most quickly fell by the wayside by virtue of, you know, jumping from Zoom to Zoom to Zoom. Um, what I noticed motivates me to show up as my best self at work is the connections that I have to my team, to my leaders, to the mission of what my team's meant to accomplish, and to my customers as well. And I think that's something that I'm always going to look for now. I'm lucky that I found it in, in the work that I'm doing today, but I imagine that quite a few folks who have made the decision to look for something else maybe are doing so because we're quite limited right now. There's lockdowns, there's very limited activity that you can fill your time with. So you start to evaluate what you're spending a good chunk of it on during the work week a little bit differently. And you want to see that fulfillment from what you do and who you spend your time with a little bit more at work. I think that's that's partially what's what's driving that momentum. And um, right now, those uh, aspects are, are really kind of checked off for me. They're fulfilled. So I don't feel the, the need to go out and look elsewhere, but I'm definitely going to keep that at the forefront whenever I do start looking again. Okay. And so as you think about just like where you're going or what you're pushing yourself to do professionally, where do you see sort of like the next five years? Do you have something that you're aspiring to next? Or are you just sort of aspiring to get the work done that's on your plate every day? You know, it can be a challenge to kind of step back out of that and, and make yourself be proactive and, and plan ahead and, and think through what's important and where you want to be. Something that I'm trying to be a little bit better about and, and keep at the forefront. Um, it's definitely an important question to ask yourself. I find that when I make a five-year plan, usually it's pretty impactful for shaping my next one to two years. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I've met any of my five-year plans, not because I, I fell short, but just because there were other opportunities that I didn't anticipate that came my way. So yeah, I think it's important to have a plan. My plan right now is to run a delivery practice and begin leading other leaders. That's what I'm striving toward. And I'm looking for all the opportunities I think will help me on my way to getting there. Yeah, I think that's actually really terrific advice. You know, a five-year plan helps shape the next one to two before you sort of like review it again. You know, I just want to ask one more question before we close out here, Johanna. Just maybe just give some like, you know, just insights into when um, you either 
already in your career sort of hit a moment where you wish you could have done something differently? What did that look like for you? And then another sort of counter example of uh, a time when you felt like, wow, you really nailed it. What did that look like for you? Yeah, in terms of uh, a situation where I thought I could go back in time and, and I could do things better, there's one that stands out to me. Um, it was a few years ago and I was I was working on a project with a very tight timeline. I'm sure that feels familiar for many. And this one honestly was too tight. Our team was too small and uh, the entire team was struggling to make deadlines and had to compensate really by working weekends and late nights for months. It was not a good situation. Um, so we took those concerns to our senior management uh, and even prepared suggestions, you know, for how to adjust the timeline or the team size to compensate um, for the, frankly, unexpected complexity of um, the implementation that we were doing. And we did that a few times, but every single time our management came back and said, sorry, bad news, you know, no can do, the team needs to just work through it. So we ended up pulling out all the stops and we pulled out the project and it sounds like, yeah, it should be a great celebratory story, but it wasn't. It happened at a cost, um, both personally, but also to other obligations that each of those team members had to work on firm internal initiatives in addition to their customer work. And so then by the time that we got to year-end evaluations, a number of our team members received poor ratings and that included myself. Um, because what turned out is that the partner responsible for the work in the project had no idea about the dire situation that we were in. He was never informed. Our senior management actually never took it up to that level. And so as a result, when we were you know, giving our explanations for not being able to take on those additional initiatives, that fell on deaf ears. And I think what I learned from that situation, what I wish I could have gone back and done differently is I should have communicated at all levels of team leadership. And now I actually encourage my team to establish a strong relationship with my manager and her leaders, just so that I pass that learning along and, um, and spread sort of the, the benefits of making sure you communicate all the way up. Yeah, and boy, is it important, I do think, for young professionals to understand how they are being evaluated and how they're being evaluated ties to compensation really matters. But, you know, so that is great advice. Give us a situation where you absolutely nailed it. All right. Um, I, was, I was asked to jump into an ongoing project a while ago and rescue it. It was brought in to replace a subject matter expert. Um, and the subject matter expert had ex extremely deep background in the technology, but really struggled to work effectively with our client at the time. And it had gotten to the point where that really eroded the trust between our two organizations. So I was facing a bit of an uphill battle. I was getting caught up on in-flight work and learning a new technology. And I needed to restore that relationship with our client that had suffered. So I made it my priority. Uh, and on my second day on that project, I ended up facilitating the steering committee call about the implementation. And I was able to provide a comprehensive project update and field questions from the client leadership team to their satisfaction. And I could not have done it without the support of my team to prep, but it really went such a long way to 
you know, being that turning point and restoring that faith in our team's ability to create value for them. I was really proud of that moment. That conversation was the beginning of a really strong collaboration. Um, and in the end, we ended up having some really amazing successes together. Well, that that sounds amazing. You should replay that scenario in your mind again and again and again before you ever go into your next really important presentation. Johanna, this has been such a great conversation. As we close out on Inspiring Women, what are your last thoughts, last parting words of wisdom for other listeners out there? I would say be courageous. You are ready for that next challenge. So go out and do it. Fantastic. All right. We have been speaking with Johanna Feetz, who is a sales delivery engagement manager at Salesforce. Johanna, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.